0: Welcome to Wild Animals, crazy stories about animals told by the people who study them. I'm your host, Roland Case. Today we've got Monica Lasky from the North Carolina Museum of Natural Sciences talking about Jaeger, a python that should have never been in the Everglades. Welcome, Monica. Great to be here, Roland. What is the Burmese python?
1: So the Burmese python is a very large constricting snake, which means then when in order to hunt its prey, it actually catches the animal and then wraps around it and kind of basically squeezes it. So <laughs> is, this, is this the biggest snake in the world? This is one of the biggest snakes in the world. Yeah. There are a few different sized, you know, it's, I think, either the biggest by weight, it's definitely not the longest.
0: It's basically them and the anacondas, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. So, them and so, reticulated pythons as well. The so three very of them. Okay, so basically,
0: yeah. it's one of the three. They best. are one of the big three giant snakes. If you've seen a giant snake, it might Correct. have been this one. Uh, so uh, they obviously hunt big animals. Then, where 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 do they live?
1: So Burmese pythons are native to Southeast Asia. However. Um, For a few different reasons, they have been released into southwest and southeast Florida, just southern Florida in general, into the greater Everglades area Right, living in that region. So if
0: we let one of those go in North Carolina, for example, where we are right now, when winter would come, they'd probably freeze to death.
1: They would most likely freeze to death. (laughs) But
0: Florida is very much like Southeast Asia. Exactly. And so they survived. Exactly. And reproduced and apparently. reproduced and kept
1: right? going so they uh, they eat a lot of different things they're not supposed to um, of course you know they're they're just big snakes trying to keep themselves alive and so they're they're eating a lot of you know of the marsh rabbits and other small rodents and small birds as well around the region and uh, it's actually decimating a lot of those um, populations to the point where you know I was talking to people down there that you know they say 10 years ago there was a bunch of marsh rabbits around and now they've not seen one.
0: But presumably some of these really big snakes could eat larger prey than marsh rabbits.
1: Oh, yeah. So um, we actually just found, you know, I think it's the past two years, we found a big snake. She was not huge. I mean, big in the terms of, you know, basic corn snake or something. She was about 50 pounds, Mm. and she ate something that was 110% of her body weight. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) Which was what? Uh, what was it? It was a small deer. It was a fawn, yeah. Right. Okay. So it ate a okay. fawn, um, which is amazing that it can eat something well, that large. And I've heard,
0: I've heard they they actually do quite a number on the raccoon population in some of these yes, wetlands.
1: Definitely, right? they they hurt raccoons, they hurt the marsh rabbits, and even some of the wading birds as well.
0: Okay, so so you were studying uh, the Burmese python in Florida, yes. So tell tell us a little bit about like why were you studying them? Who were you working with? And um, uh, before we eventually get to your favorite. Or maybe I don't know if it's your favorite snake or your least favorite snake. But we'll get there in a second favorite.
1: Favorite. We'll go with favorite. So, um I was working at the Conservancy down in Southwest Florida To help understand the python population down there and learn more about it. So these animals were released way back, possibly as far back as 1950s. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so they've been around a while, but we haven't really gotten a lot of research on the population down there up until the past decade or so. And the more we learn, the better we can help control that population because, like we mentioned, they are not supposed to be there. We're trying to remove as many of them as possible.
0: So the goal of the research is to help get rid of the snake exactly. in Florida.
1: Exactly. Okay. And so in order to do that, though, we have to learn more about them, where they like to hang out, and you know, things about their natural history that can help us create the best control methods Well, that's for interesting because so many
0: times when we're doing research on the ecology behavior of an animal in the wild, we're trying to help them survive. Exactly, And yeah, now I mean, you're like flipping on the head and you're like, how can we get rid of them? Uh, but of course, that's to save the native species that are living there. Exactly. That are getting devoured by these giant snakes. Yeah, no, it's
1: definitely tough to uh, have to, you know, deal with the control and the removal methods that, you know, you have to incorporate into research. But at the same time, you're right, you know, it's to save a whole different species, and a whole bunch of different species from the in invasive one.
0: Okay, so, so you're down there in the Everglades, which is a giant ecosystem that's wet, swampy, um, hard to get around in, quite some wilderness areas. So, so let's, let's, uh, let's talk about the star mm-hmm. of our story today, uh, Jaeger the, the python. When was the first time you met Jaeger, and uh, uh, what, did, what did you think about him?
1: So the first time I met Jaeger, I think it was my third day on the job. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was very early. Um, I I didn't really know what I was getting into. You know, of course, you realized it was Florida and these are big snakes. But the great thing about where I was able to work was that my boss basically let me jump in right away to everything. And so we were at the vets. Uh, we had just grabbed Jaeger out of the Wild, you know, just grabbed them from so some
0: someone else had caught him.
1: Yeah, yeah, they had caught him. uh, You know, I don't know how long ago, but anyways, we were. So you were in the vet office,
0: and someone (laughs) brings in a giant snake, and they're like, "Intern, grab the snake."
1: Intern, grab the snake. Well, you know, they were a bit better than that. So uh, the the field tech actually grabbed this, grabbed Jaeger first, and then he handed him off to me. Okay, and so. If you've never held an eight-foot-long snake um, between your hands— Like
0: a wild snake, too, right? Not yeah. Not one that, that was used to being petted and, exactly. and snuggled. At
1: least not in a very long time. Yeah. He was not happy about it at all. Definitely was striking so do out. So you grab him, and, like,
0: behind the neck? Yep. That, yeah. Right
1: behind the head. Um, right behind the jawline is the best place to grab uh, any so snake one in hand general. there, and
0: then the other hand just like whatever else you can. Well, so he, that's... did he like start to quarrel up around yes. you? anything? Oh, yes. So
1: this is that's a great point. So you guys not can't just see one Monica, person. But she's not a giant
0: <laughs> woman. Like no, she's probably within the prey range of a giant python yeah. that they might consider. Yeah, I could wrap my jaw maybe not jaeger but
1: bigger ones definitely okay. um definitely so you know are you
0: scared when you're holding this python and it starts you know, to wrap around you a little bit
1: no so the uh so at that time definitely but later on you get used okay. to it <laughs> used but definitely at the time oh my myself. gosh it was definitely scary so you mentioned you know how many hands do you have where so i just had the head that was my whole job. Okay. Because there that were three reasonable. other people on the body of the okay. snake. Because okay. they're so strong and like you're saying, they'll wrap around you and it gets bad real quick. Okay. And so, so you were in
0: part you you were charge of the part with the pointy teeth.
1: Yes, but we always said that that was the that wasn't the dangerous end the dangerous end was way at the back where they would musk all over you oh, and that musk. was the musk danger- some
0: kind of like poopy scent mark or something exactly yeah. exactly
1: okay. and that's the nasty end cuz that <laughs> smell would stay on you for you know Weeks at a time wow, sometimes. that's quite,
0: quite the trade-off. So the person in the middle was lucky, right? You, yes. you either had the teeth yes. or the musk or if you were in the middle. But you then... had
1: to have muscle to be in the middle, so I wasn't often at that point. Okay. I was like, <laughs> one at the ends <laughs> okay. usually.
0: Okay, so, so you're, you're, you're holding Jaeger, the, the giant eight-foot-long uh, snake by the head, and what did you guys do with him?
1: So we put a tube down his throat because we had to um, administer some anesthetic okay. because we were trying to put him under so that way we could implant a new tracker in his side. So Jaeger had been part of the project for a while, but the tracker was getting a little bit old. They last around two to three years, and so we had to take out the uh, previous tracker and put in a new one. And so it's just a little device that goes um, in the body cavity of the snake.
0: Okay, so that's a surgery. Yes. But cutting open the skin, taking out the old and yes. putting a new one in
1: there. And okay. I think the snake appreciates him going under <laughs> instead yeah. of being awake for that. So
0: Right, right. But so you're holding the head while yes. they're jamming the tube down his mouth. Yes. Okay. That's, That's
1: definitely insane. fun.
0: So, I mean, first of all, I think, well, I think it's interesting that, you know, there's a lot of people out there in the Everglades catching these snakes and just killing them. Right. Yes. And that's what you said, the kind of the, the goal of your research was to, to get better at that because these are an invasive species that are eating all our native mammals and birds and um we want to have fewer. But here you yeah. are with a snake in your hand and instead of chopping its head off or whatever, you let it go again. So yeah uh, so so why were you doing it and, and what did you do like immediately, uh I guess you tracked him or something, right? Yeah. To figure yeah. out what he was okay. doing.
1: Yeah, so That is exactly right. You know, obviously you can't just release these snakes right back out for no reason at all. And like you were saying, with the tracker in him, we were tracking him as well as a few other snakes, I think around 20, 25 snakes, okay. oh, cool. across the Collier County area. So it's the greater Everglades ecosystem, but it's mostly within Collier County and uh, the state parks and actually some private land there as well.
0: Okay, so you had 20 snakes in your study. That's a lot. A little bit
1: more, but yeah. just. And so
0: I'm just curious, I always like to ask, like, what were some of the other names? Like, How did you name your animals?
1: That's a good question. So... We were very picky about our names. Uh, were there like
0: long debates? About there were them?
1: long debates. They would last <laughs> like th- three or four days, and oh, wow. there were you know at some point there was votes, and someone had to be you know the final votes, and oh. whoever caught the snake usually got the most say, and you know if there were people there that helped us catch a snake, sometimes they got a say as well, and most wow. of the time this is though like you way know worse than naming yeah. a yes it was two-parts. harsh you
0: had like it
1: was harsh and uh but most of the time they were named either after someone we knew or someone famous someone
0: you liked or didn't like depends okay
1: <laughs> usually someone we liked and then uh usually someone famous so a lot of them liked rock music and so you know some Old rock music. I mean, there was Elvis. So, yeah. What were some of the names that you had? Let's see. There was Elvis. There was Mick. There was Sweet Pea. There was. Let's see. Well, Jager put me on the spot. Ya- here. Ya-
0: Jaeger was named after a beer. A, a beer there was right?
1: Dosecki's too. So definitely the beer, beer influence thing. in there. <laughs> and there was Luther. And just, you know, sometimes. How do you tell the sex of a snake? It's a great question. So with the pythons, uh, of course, the females don't have penises and the males do and so what you have <laughs> okay. to do so what is well if they're alive like? so you so if they're alive um the best way to do it is you kind of run your hand um around the tail uh up towards the cloaca which is the only opening of the snake it acts as both the anus and the you know
0: is that uh, where the muscular is
1: too yeah okay. that's all so, there so you're oh yeah mus- so yeah no that's that's the best part about sexing the snakes and so um, you kind of run. Is that really the best finger? part about sex? No, <laughs> no, it is not. But you run your finger up, um, and gently kind of maneuver to see if the hemipenes, because the they have two penises. Oh wow! So to see if they'll uh, two for the price come out. That. Yeah, exactly. And so if they didn't come out, um, it could be a female. If they did come out, it was definitely a male. Okay. And so, but the best way to tell. What, um, what the snake's sex is, is to actually stick a little, um, either your finger or a little pin, you know, blunt pin, down the cloaca, and depending how far it goes, it's a male or a female.
0: Okay. So you learned all these techniques while you were interning on this project?
1: Yes. Yes, that so was... you're
0: now an experienced giant snake sexer.
1: Yes, I can. Is that on I your resume? It is not. <laughs> <laughs> not a lot of people need that. In a All wonder. right, so let's get
0: back to Jaeger. He he must have had a hemipenis penis or something. He when did. Someone ran his their fingers down yes, along his. Yes, that was not me. But yes. <laughs> and uh, you put a radio in. You let him go. Yes. And you want to understand where they go because you want to help understand like how to find more snakes in the future and get rid of them. Yes, I guess, right. I mean, that's what, yes. That's what that you're is
1: doing. that is exactly correct. So a lot of what we're doing is like you were saying is understanding the behavior and the ecology of these animals is really helping us understand the best ways we could possibly use like some of the nat- some of the characteristics of these animals can be used against them for their removal basically right. and so the more we know the better we can find them the better they can be removed and so as we release these snakes we watch where they're going and so we track these animals using radio telemetry, which is basically a giant antenna that you use to hear the signal from that little tracker I mentioned that we put in Jaeger. It releases a little ping every so often that you can actually listen through an antenna. And you actually just walk around or drive around with this antenna and see if you can hear them somewhere right. so close by. you can't hear the
0: pinger if you don't have the radio. You needed to dial the radio into the right frequency. Exactly, like exactly. Okay. It's okay. the
1: correct frequency, and you have to be in a certain uh, proximity to hear them.
0: It seems like the hardest part sometimes is just hearing that first ping.
1: That is exactly correct. So, the good thing about snakes is they don't move a whole lot. I mean, these pythons moved much more than your average, you know, rattlesnake or corn snake. They were moving around a fair amount, but. At the same time, it's not like you're tracking, you know, a herd that could be moving, you know, a few miles. How how far were they moving? Uh, It depended on the snake. A lot of them had a range of around a quarter to a half mile, but some of them would travel, you know, five miles down and up a certain part of the coast, which was definitely a fair distance to have to travel to find them and sometimes a lot harder to find them. uh,
0: the other, I I guess, um, advantage maybe of working in the Everglades is there's not a lot of hills in the way. Right, because that's another thing I find when I'm radio tracking yes. in, in a hill area. If they're on the other side of the hill, you might not get anything, even if they're close to you. So the Everglades is like super flat.
1: So we released Jaeger that day. So this is early October. And then we basically didn't hear from him again for another three or four months.
0: Oh wow! Yeah. So it's you're a driving long around, time. listening to a lot of static. And, yeah. And finding no beeps.
1: Lots of static and no beeps. And so, of course, we were hearing other snakes, but Jaeger was one of the few that we just couldn't get a signal on, no matter where we went and where we thought he might be, because the snake had been part of a study for a while. So we kind of knew All the right. you know locations he liked to hang out in, and he didn't seem to be in any of those. And wow. so we were you know kind of baffled, but at the same time, this happens you know more often than not. Of course, you can lose some signals as the snakes travel around. And so after a few months, we're kind of getting worried. And then all of a sudden, one day we're tracking Elvis and we hear a ping for Jaeger because, you know, we switch around to the channel sometimes mm-hmm. to listen to snakes we haven't sure. heard for a while. And so we hear a ping from Jaeger and we're like, oh, cool. Wow. OK. And so we go around and for a few days. We're trying to figure out where he is and where the best way to, you know, kind of, quote, unquote, go in Because there's basically trails that we can follow. You can't just like like, like
0: run after him the first time. Exactly,
1: it's you know it's a plan to go out into some some of these marshes. You know, by the time we found him, it was January, and it wasn't yet you know time for alligators to lay eggs and everything. But at the same time, they they can be cranky creatures, and so Uh, you you're walking through their territories, and so
0: not only are you worried about this giant snake you're trying to sneak up on, and all his friends, but alligators.
1: Oh yeah. You know I'm actually not worried at all about the snakes. Oh, okay. We've stepped on many a snakes and you know we're like what's this squishy thing and actually <laughs> it's a snake and they're, they they are do not, they really don't go after people. I was very surprised how much you know they're just trying to get away most of the time. Okay. Of course if you're grabbing them by the tail maybe it's a different <laughs> story but if you step on them they'll just kind of slither off.
0: You know if someone grabbed my tail I'd probably get after yeah, them.
1: Yeah well. I I agree.
0: Tracking Jaeger you can't find them all of a sudden you hear a ping what happens?
1: So, yeah, we we find the signal and, you know, we kind of try to go in through a, diff, a few different points because we, at that point, had created a few trails that we were able to walk through because otherwise we are, you know, we are bush hacking. We have a machete and we're chopping off branches. And if you've ever been to Florida or honestly anywhere on the East Coast, you realize how dense the undergrowth can be. And so... We're trying to—we made a few trails to get to the general location, but no matter what direction we come from, he seems to be just far away enough, way out in the middle of this giant marsh, that it's going to be a really tough time to get him. And so we basically have to plan for the next month how we're going to get out there, how many people are going to have to come with us, because— if we get out there and he's with other snakes, we're going to need the manpower to, one, catch the snakes and, two, bring them back. Oh, right. Because carrying snakes through a marsh takes a lot of manpower. So you basically manpower. have
0: to plan a giant expedition we, to go after Jaeger the We planned a snake. giant
1: expedition, and I think by the end of it, we had um, five or six people come out with us to go and see what Jaeger was doing, basically. Any helicopters? We didn't have any helicopters. That would be nice, huh? Yeah, but that's very expensive. (laughs) (laughs) Very expensive. So at that point, we, you know, finally get our group together, finally figure it all out. And then decide, you know, based on a few triangulations we had done just over the past month, about where he seemed to be. Because, like I was saying, you know, these snakes don't move around a lot, so we're pretty sure. But you're not getting a
0: GPS point from this unit. You're just getting these pings that you have to sort of guesstimate more or less where it is exactly exactly
1: and so we do use approximate location some but obviously you know we need an exact location to get the best data sure and so at this point you know it's the morning of we go and you know see what a few snakes are doing and then drive up to this you know trailhead where that we're going to use to help get most of the way to jaeger okay and so we get to this trailhead and we're walking through and you know we're first walking through some palmetto, you know, the sharp saw palmetto and everything like that, beautiful meadows, but um, definitely a pain and run in a few hornets' nests, which is always <laughs> fun, and then finally get to the edge of this marsh after a while, and so at first, we kind of hear him a little bit ahead, but also to our left, and we're like, okay, well, let's walk until we get you know perpendicular to him right, right. until Stay he's on directly the easy trail to before left. you really exactly jump have in. to jump right in and so we start walking along the edge of this marsh and for a while you know it takes like it took a good like hour it seemed to finally turn on his signal but by that time we're like okay we're finally at this point you know it's been a couple hours but we got here and so you know that all went quick but at the same time it's it's super exhausting after just a couple hours walking through all that and now, and you're now, now the it's hard the part. hardest part because right. we got to get through the marsh and so this marsh we were lucky not a whole lot of sawgrass or mangroves it's it was cattails. Okay. Um which are very tall. You guys but, have a machete or anything? Yeah. Okay. We have a machete. Um, so you're whacking through machete. I wasn't allowed to use the machete. <laughs> <laughs> which I think is a very wise decision. <laughs> but uh they had machetes um a few of the other people we had went with and so Basically, we all took turns hacking away at the cattail and walking into the swamp, just directly straight ahead. And so if you've ever walked through cattails, it's basically a bed that kind of sits on top of the water, creates a nice uh, bit of roots. And, you know, there's mud right underneath it and a little bit more water before it hits, like, the hard ground. And so we're kind of walking on top of the Uh, Cattails, so that way we don't have to like walk Mm -hmm. through mud and everything. So we're kind of trying to be careful, making a way, you know, slowly through the cattails. And then all of a sudden, you know, out of nowhere, because you know, cattails 10 foot high, you can't see anything in front of you. We make a final hack, and the person in front screams, Stop. And I'm like, Okay, well, what maybe it's the snake, yay. And so we're all kind of trying to look ahead. But it was actually a big gator hole.
0: Gator hole? (laughs) A a gator gator
1: hole is basically a little area that an alligator kind of pushes up. way different debris and mud to create a kind of divot within the marsh that it basically hangs out in most of the time. It's kind of like a little alligator den and so they're called gator holes. Yeah. And so this was a big gator hole.
0: So you guys in the middle of the swamp in the Everglades in the
1: middle of the swamp way far away from
0: anything a couple people in machetes and antennas and all of a sudden there's a gator hole in your way. And there's
1: a big gator hole in the way.
0: And So you know there's a big gator somewhere.
1: Yeah, and so we're looking around we're like, "Oh my gosh." And all of a sudden, out of the water comes this giant oh, gator head. Two and giant eyeballs. Two and big snout. eyeballs, and they're like, "Wow, that's at least a 10-footer." And I'm like, "Okay." So that's the biggest gator I had ever seen. And, and are, are you
0: the smallest person on the expedition at this point?
1: Always. Okay. I am always <laughs> the smallest person. They make sure of that. So I'm staring them like, "Oh, Great, that's good. And so, you know, he didn't seem too angry. He was just more curious than anything. But he was definitely sitting curious. there, like, "Hey, I'm yeah. big. I know I'm big. You, so what'd you can't take do? this from me." And so, we kind of back up <laughs> at that point. And then, you know, we we kind of reconvene and we're like, "Okay, well, if we keep going, this gator seems curious. That's never a good sign, right? Yeah. You right. hope that these animals would curious run away, gators but are not dangerous good. gators. Yes. Yeah. And so he's Kind of sticking around, and so we're like, okay, let's half of us stay here, and then half of us go and continue to find Jaeger, so that if this alligator moves, yeah, it's a horse, horror horror right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it did work out behind. pretty well because the thing is, if you know, we had all moved off, and the gator followed, we oh. don't know what's behind us. Okay. We don't know if the gator's following and planning okay. to ambush, or okay. you know, whatever. You that's a, a worst case scenario. But, yeah, we we had cell phones, and honestly, okay. you know. You could scream to the person who was on the shore. It may have taken okay. 30 minutes to get through it, but, you know, we're not physically too far away, okay. you know, as the foot yep. cries. But anyways, so half of us go on and half of us stay and watch um, the, the gator to make sure it doesn't go after the other people. Yeah. And so, you know, I don't know which one's the lucky group, but anyways, we kind of head off. Uh, still listening to this signal and you know we're trudging we're trudging we're trudging he sounds like he's right there you know we're used to these signals at this point you kind of know about how far they are so
0: the radio signal is close or is loud so you know you're pretty close to the signal yeah
1: yeah and so the closer you get to the animal the louder the radio radio signal can get will get and so you never know exactly
0: where it is exactly
1: and that's the problem because depending on the vegetation depending on where the animal is depending on if the animal's coiled up or not it actually can all affect the signal and yeah, so sure. he sounded like he was right there but we just kept walking and walking and walking and walking and so it, we were walking like 30 minutes at this point mm. and they're all back there you know making sure the alligator doesn't eat anybody and we're all just tired we want to go home we are just about to give up and my boss says okay five more minutes and so We look around, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, sitting on top of the cattails on this little bunch is Jaeger with a big female snake. So Jaeger, like I said, he's about eight foot. But this snake, she was probably up towards um, 15 feet or so. Okay. And so she's a big girl.
0: But now you guys know it's like action time, right?
1: It's action time. And so... uh, uh, my boss screams wait 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 hold up and he turns on the antenna and sure enough this was actually one of the females we had lost oh. about 6 months back okay and so that's great news for us because yay we found one of our snakes that had what been was missing sweepy her name, Sweet Pea. Her okay. name is sweepy <laughs>
0: Sweet Pea and Jaeger sweet hanging Pea out Jaeger, in a snake love nest hanging in the middle out, of the Everglades. And
1: from what we could tell, probably had been hanging out there for a while. Okay. Because he had been in the same spot, and sometimes we'll find males and females stay together for a while. Right. Okay. And so, interestingly enough, he's out there with big old Sweet Peas sitting out on this uh, in this cattail swamp. And so, you know, we— And so
0: that was enough? Did you guys just leave him?
1: Yeah, we took, you know, the signal and everything, got the observation— and but then, you didn't have to
0: catch them because you knew you knew, already knew both the animals. We already knew both
1: the animals, and right. they were both helping us learn more about the species, and so they stay out right as long as their signal's good. And so we knew we'd probably have to come back and get Sweet Pea again because her signal was that low that we had lost her for so oh, long, oh, and oh, we hadn't heard her the whole time, basically. Yeah. yeah, and so, yeah, basically the battery runs out. And she's had this problem a few times before, so we knew we had to come back and get her. But at that point, we were so exhausted, we knew it would kind of be dangerous to bring her back at that point by ourselves. And so we would end up coming back later.
0: Went home, took a shower?
1: Yeah, definitely. So at that point, you know, we were exhausted and had another, you know, hour and a half trek all the way back to where we were, you know, our truck was. And at that point, like you're saying, we kind of went home and died a little bit. (laughs) It was one of the more exhausting days out there. Um, during my time,
0: and so what what happened to Jaeger after that?
1: He's still out there. He's still out there swimming around, making everybody else's life very hard and very difficult, and helping us catch other snakes. you know he of course led us to a snake that we had already known, but a lot of our snakes lead us to other animals that uh, aren't part of the project and it's actually one of the best ways to capture Burmese pythons is to use one animal to capture a bunch of other animals during the breeding season, and they're called Judas animals because they betray their own kind. If you just
0: go out there and try to find a snake in the Everglades...
1: It's hard. I think the, the detection rate is very, very, very low, even for researchers themselves. I mean, we would, like I'm saying, you know... We'd be walking and we'd find something squishy under our feet and that's a snake. They hide in the vegetation. And even when they're out, they have a fantastic, you know, color pattern that just lets them blend right into almost any background. So
0: so if you keep a certain number of snakes uh, with radios and you can find those snakes, they'll basically lead you to the other snakes.
1: Yes, exactly. And that's the best way to... That to... seems to be one of the best ways. So, so
0: it sounds like sometimes in the project, uh, the 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 new snakes that were found were killed.
1: Yes. And that's and, exactly and, and that's, what happened. And that's, that's yeah. kind of the
0: goal and the, the whole object is to not have so many snakes. I mean, to this point, is it possible
1: to get rid of all the pythons in the Everglades? That is a fantastic question that is highly debated. And so I... Um, if you were going to ask me personally... I'm
0: asking you personally.
1: I think, no. I really don't think there's any way. I think maybe possibly control the population a little bit but i don't you know right now we're at the removal stage we're not even at the control stage we don't even know you know what's going on out there if we're controlling the population or not that's still a huge question right. that so it's still is very of difficult to answer potentially
0: early in the sort of colonization history it is early and, and how so far it goes but it's interesting that that there that there might be a future where because these snakes are so hard to find just if you go out there and tromp around that we might need to keep a certain proportion of them radio tracked mm-hmm. that are allowed to live out their lives to show us where all the other ones are.
1: Yeah, and that's a definite uh, – definite yes. That's gonna,
0: he's going to know where the females are. The females yes. are going to want to know where he is. Yes. And so um,
1: – And so, yeah, they're testing that right now whether, you know, you know the differences between these – judas snakes is whether males are better or possibly females or you know which what's the best animal to track to give you the best bang for your buck basically right right. and so we're looking into that now so
0: um as we kind of wrap this up i guess i'm curious with your experience now as a uh, professional everglades snake wrangler is this a long-term thing you think you'd like to do as a uh tromping through the swamps was it was it fun is it something you, you would like to do more of, or did you get your your uh, fill?
1: I think I got my fill, but I definitely, <laughs> in in that particular project, you know, they're doing such a fantastic job down at the Conservancy, and I have to give them so much credit for what they do because it's definitely by far the hardest thing I've ever done. Definitely one of the most rewarding as well, but it was a lot of, you know, like I mentioned, blood, sweat, and tears, and there was definitely a whole lot of all three of those And so it's a difficult area. It's a really cool project, though. And so if, you know, you ever get the chance to learn about it more or to go down there yourself and kind of figure out, you know, what's going on down there, I would definitely suggest visiting. And I will continue to do field work into the future, you know, even with as tough as it is and helping out with different conservation projects, hopefully around the world.
0: Great. Well, thanks so much for coming in. Uh, It was super cool to learn about Jaeger as, as an example of one of these snakes that, really uh, shouldn't be in the Everglades, but are, and uh, the more we know about them, maybe the more we can uh, make a difference. Wild Animals is a production of the North Carolina Museum of Natural Sciences and North Carolina State University with production help from Aben Crawford.